Hello, y'all, and welcome to the Bloodstream Podcast, a show serving the greater bleeding disorders community, brought to you by Believe Limited and Bloodstream Media, and our presenting sponsor, Takeda. Wow. An actual Takeda. I am your healthcare advocate, nonprofit nerd, and other host, Amy Board, and I am here with my guest co-host once again. Joshua Sterling Bragg. That's me, your mental health advocate, lover of all spooky things mm. and weird things. And I'm reminding you to please, please decorate your house early for Halloween. It brings me joy. And also, maybe more importantly, speak with a healthcare professional before making any treatment decision. On today's show, we're going to talk back to school, not Halloween back to school, but close adjacent to Halloween back to school. Also, it's Sickle Cell Awareness Month. We have a new segment on mindset called I'm Fine, and that is going to be fantastic. It's going to be on embracing change in hemophilia care, breaking free from the past. And Maya Bloomberg is back, the heme NP. She's back with a segment on sports and fitness, and we we have an interview with author Tim Ryan. We've got all that and more on this packed episode. Welcome to Bloodstream. Thank you all for joining us today. Remember, if you like what you hear and you haven't already, please subscribe to Bloodstream on uh, Apple, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen and follow Bloodstream <laughs> Media on social media. We're on all things. That's we sure Bloodstream are. Podcast. Bloodstream Podcast. And listeners, I also want to remind you that the Bloodstream Podcast is made possible by our presenting sponsor, Takeda. That is right. Takeda, they have this website, this website, bleedingdisorders.com, where you can learn all about Takeda's resources for and commitment to the bleeding disorders community. Are you freaking out because Patrick isn't saying wow. this? Yeah, I'm saying it's this? It's weird. Okay. I, yeah, I am websites too. is very uh, I know. turn of the century. Takeda believes in a world free of bleeds, and they are dedicated more than ever in their efforts to offer a wide range of programs and support to help patients throughout their treatment journey, wherever on that journey they may be. You can learn more by simply visiting bleedingdisorders.com. One more time, that is bleeding disorders. Orders.com and for their founding and ongoing support of the Bloodstream podcast, I would just like to say thank you, Takeda. Wow. Thanks, Takeda. Okay, thank we're you. talking back to school, and so I have to like flip it over to you. What, I'm so ready. When I'm you so ready. Think back to school, like what what's your situation? Brendan Fraser. That's all I think. <laughs> So the that other took night, a turn. I know. Well, so that so like turn. two nights ago, Courtney and I did like a back to school uh, double feature with yeah. Brendan Fraser. We watched uh, With Honors. Have you ever seen that one? No. So that is Brendan Fraser is jogging with his thesis paper and it drops down into the basement of one of the halls of Harvard. And Joe Pesci is an unhoused person living in there in the basement. And uh, he Basically, it's like, I'll give you one piece of your paper back for everything that you do for me. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It has um, Dempsey in it. What's his name? Patrick, Patrick Dempsey? Dempsey. Yeah, and he's like young and and very pre Grey's Anatomy. And then we watch School Ties. Oh, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser Great. and Matt Damon, Ben Great. Affleck, Great. Uh, Anthony Rapp, oh. who you know we have connections mm-hmm. with. Uh, he was in Stomp the Bleeding one season. But yeah, I, I was watching all these boys walk into their their school with their backpacks and their little uniforms and all sitting down in these wooden desks. And I thought, man really miss school and then the french teacher just completely humiliates this kid for not being good at french and i was like that was my experience i'm so glad i'm not in school oh my gosh (laughs) yes back to school vibes i know some of our listeners um are caregivers and some actually might be 
my gosh, in college or something. And I know this year, um, this time of year rather, is always an added stress when you have a chronic disease or uh, specifically when you have hemophilia or von Willebrand's disease because you have to educate every single person that's in your purview um, a little bit about what to do. Um, just wanted to give a real quick resource tip. If you are looking for um, actual resources to give to your school, to your um, gym teachers, to your teachers, even principals and just like a larger administrative um, uh, situation conversation, of course, always check with your HTC. Many social workers actually have resources for you, specifically for your school, but especially if you are in a rural area, a wonderful resource is um, through actually the National Bleeding Disorders Foundation, which uh, used to be NHF. Um, that resource is stepsforliving.hemophilia.org. Um, Steps for Living is a fantastic resource for some of those things. If you click on Next Step, which will be that first website, you can get guidance for schools. Um, you can kind of talk about uh, hemophilia 101 sheets. You can talk about 504 accommodation plans, um, any first aid procedures, um, how to talk to people, a contact list featuring you, your treatment center, other emergency contacts, and of course, making sure that you have authorized prescriptions from a doctor in your students' files. So all of that stuff is on stepsforliving.hemophilia.org. We will put it in the program notes. Back to school. Back to school. That's such a great resource. I feel like going back to school is hard yeah. no matter what. Yeah. And then you add into that everybody's, you know, little differences and what makes us all unique. And, yeah. and to have a resource like that is really powerful. I, I agree. Um, it is also, Joshua Sterling Bragg, National Sickle Cell Awareness Month. I have so much to say about this. Um, okay. <laughs> I really don't. I, I mean, I listen to cheat codes, but that's about it. Um, I just wanted to mention it because, uh, you know, blood brothers and blood sisters, our sickle cell warrior friends um, are adjacent to us in the community and are still fighting for so much that we have enjoyed, I think, from um, a rare disease chronic uh, community in terms of treatment and a wealth and choice of treatment. So um, it's important for us, I think, to give love to our sickle cell warriors, especially during this month of um, October. You can visit sickleceldisease.com. Org backslash get involved. And uh, actually, they have all of the things um, for Sickle Cell Awareness Month. They have a social media toolkits. They've got, um, oh my gosh, they have like a blood drive information, which is really important um, for those who have sickle cell. So, anyway, let's give it up for our Sickle Cell Warrior pals and celebrate on social the best way we can. Absolutely. And if you are a sickle cell warrior yourself and you're looking for a more specific podcast than a bleeding disorders podcast, uh, Bloodstream Media does also have Cheat Codes, which are hosted by the two most wholesome, wonderful, wonderful. doctors I think ever. I was riding in the car today and I heard someone on the radio that sounds like Amar. And Ugh. I just was like, well, I, now I need to listen to Chico's. I know he's kind of wonderful. <laughs> I wish he was tone. ours, but he's not. He's, he's theirs. Not. No. Yeah. But That's it's still great. part of the bloodstream media world. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joshua Sterling Bag, let's get into uh, our first segment, which is the I'm Fine segment. Um, do you know much about this segment? No. <laughs> no. I hope you're okay, though. <laughs> Are you fine? You doing fine? Well, that's the thing. It's about like behavior change and mindset and things. Oh, and like sometimes that. you're not fine. Yeah. No, that's very true. You know what I'm saying? So As let's get into it. As host of the Let's <laughs> no, Talk I segment. Know, I know. I know. <laughs> let's get into it. I love this one, actually. I love this one because you get to hear actually from me instead of Patrick. Wah, wah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm Fine aims to challenge entrenched ideas around chronic resiliency and satisfaction with suboptimal outcomes by inspiring people with hemophilia to seek education and truly consider 
the possibilities. Take a deep breath. Oh, it's so hard. Sanofi seeks to expand the idea of what's possible for the hemophilia community. Take a deeper look at the science behind hemophilia and an important connection between factor activity levels and potential activities at levelsmatter.com. Now, let's get to the next segment of I'm Fine. This is all I've ever known. Is that even possible for me? I don't want to miss anything. I don't need that. I don't want to acknowledge my pain. Fine. I don't want to get poked with needles. I don't don't want that. There's nothing wrong. I'm fine. 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 fine. Imagine a quiet town where the echoes of tradition fill the air and the past is revered like a cherished heirloom. In this town lived an elderly man named Robert. He was known for his unwavering dedication to the old ways, a relic from a time long gone. But Robert carried a hidden truth within him, a truth that had shaped his life and decisions in ways few could understand. You see, Robert had hemophilia a condition that had woven its presence into the tapestry of his existence. Growing up in an era when hemophilia care was vastly different, Robert had learned to accept bleeds as an inevitable part of his life. Over the years, a new generation emerged, including Robert's granddaughter, Emily. She wondered if there was a path untaken, a journey towards a different understanding of hemophilia care. Grandpa, can I ask you something? Of course, Emily, what's on your mind? Well, I've been reading about advancements in hemophilia care. There are treatments that can help prevent bleeds, you know. (laughs) Yes, I've heard about those treatments. But back in my day, things were different. We didn't have those options. I understand, Grandpa. But what if we could explore a different path together? Robert gazed at his granddaughter, his eyes revealing a mix of nostalgia and uncertainty. The thought of change was both inviting and daunting. In the days that followed, Emily and Robert embarked on a journey. They dove into the world of preventative treatments, learning about the possibilities they held. And gradually, Robert began to see that change wasn't about abandoning the past. It was about embracing a future while respecting his roots. Welcome to another edition of I'm Fine on the Bloodstream podcast. Inspired by Robert's journey, let's dive into the theme of embracing change in hemophilia care, breaking free from the past. Today, you get to spend time with me, Amy, the co-host of the Bloodstream podcast and a community advocate for over 20 years. We are diving deep into the topic that is crucial for individuals with hemophilia, their caregivers, and the entire hemophilia community. Join me as we explore the theme of embracing change in hemophilia care, breaking free from the past. Treating hemophilia on demand. Now, that is a practice that many older patients and those with mild to moderate hemophilia grew up with. It's the norm that they've come to accept. Just like the saying goes, this is all I've ever known. But today we're challenging that notion. And let's unravel why some individuals are hesitant to switch gears and explore the possibilities that modern treatment options offer. There's a willingness to accept bleeds, almost as if it's just a part of life. Counting infusions over bleeds becomes a norm with the belief that they've got 
everything under control. But let's take a moment to reflect. What if there is an alternative that reduces the frequency of bleeds, offering more freedom and peace of mind? Profi is wasteful, they say. It's a perception that can stem from various sources, financial concerns, skepticism about its effectiveness, or even just a fear of the unknown. But what if we look at the bigger picture? What if we consider the long-term benefits of preventative care, not only for an individual with hemophilia, but also for their loved ones who share in the journey? Every person with hemophilia is deserving of the best care available. And when we recognize our own worth, it becomes easier to embrace change and to advocate for our needs. Hemophilia severity is determined by factor activity levels, a measurement of how much factor you have in your blood at time of diagnosis. The more factor you have in your body over time, the better your bleed protection is, which is why many people with hemophilia choose to treat prophylactically. Your doctor can perform measurements to evaluate the factor activity levels in your blood. Learn more about the importance of factor activity levels by talking to your doctor and visiting levelsmatter.com. Sanofi aims to raise the bar for patients living with hemophilia. Reimagine what's possible by visiting rarebloodisorders.com to hear more about Sanofi's dedication to the bleeding disorders community. As we wrap up today's segment, I want to leave you with this thought. Change can be intimidating, especially when it challenges beliefs that have been ingrained within us for years. But breaking free from the past doesn't mean abandoning it entirely. Embrace the idea that you deserve the best care and don't let outdated perspectives hold you back. And for those seeking additional resources on behavior change, mental health, or even hemophilia care, visit mentalhealthmatters2.com. We're here to support you every step of the way. Before we sign off, I'd like to extend a heartfelt thanks to Sanofi for their unwavering support in bringing you this episode of the Bloodstream Podcast. Remember to subscribe and to tune in for our next installment as we continue our journey of breaking free from the I'm Fine Mindset. Sanofi aims to raise the bar for patients living with hemophilia. Reimagine what's possible by visiting rarebloodisorders.com to hear more about Sanofi's dedication to the bleeding disorder community. It was a good segment, Josh. Don't you think it was good? I, I did it. Yeah. It was me. Ah, that's wow. I, I couldn't <laughs> even tell. I couldn't even tell. You couldn't even tell. I, you're so unfine so mm. often that no. <laughs> J.H. Joshua. I loved it. All right, because we have such a packed episode, let's get on over to Maya Bloomberg. She is our nurse practitioner, our heme NP. She's going to talk to us a little bit about sports and fitness. Sports and fitness. Yeah, it's important. Over to you, Maya. There are so many benefits to exercise besides just weight loss. I'm talking about reducing your risk for cancers, heart disease, diabetes. It can improve your mood, your sleep, and even improve your immune system. So let's discuss ways that patients with bleeding disorders can stay active and stay healthy with physical activity without increasing the risk for bleeding episodes with my five best tips. And I'm saving my best tip for last. Tip number one is to speak to your healthcare provider. They can provide personal advice based on your condition and help create a tailored plans for exercise and for general fitness and sports. When creating a tailored program, we're gonna take into account your bleeding disorder type, the severity, your joint health status to provide those type of recommendations. And it may involve a combination of low impact exercises, a proper warm up and cool down, maybe protective gear, and adherence to your treatment plan. 
Tip number two is wearing protective gear. Now granted, not all sports are going to require it, but some might benefit from helmets, knee pads, elbow guards, protective equipment to really just reduce the risk of injury and bleeding risk. Now I have a patient who's a skydiver and realistically, whether you have a bleeding disorder or not, if your parachute doesn't go off, we're gonna have a bad outcome. But certain activities, you definitely wanna err on the side of caution. And definitely don't forget to use protective gear for high impact activities or contact sports. Tip number three is choosing low impact sports which put less strain on your joints. Now say you have a big endurance, you've been exercising and working out for a while, you definitely can do your high impact exercises, but if you're just starting your exercise journey, definitely start on the low impact, such as with swimming or cycling, walking, all being great options. These activities can help improve cardiovascular circulation and your health, strengthen muscles, but more importantly, these bone loading exercises can reduce your risk of osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is weakening of your bones, and we know our men with hemophilia are at higher risk for developing osteoporosis earlier compared to men without hemophilia. So doing these type of bone loading exercises are gonna strengthen your muscles, help overall joint health, but also it's gonna help reduce your risk for osteoporosis when you're older. Tying in with tip number three is my tip number four, which is prioritizing your joint health. Now, many people think that exercising will actually trigger or cause more bleeding episodes, but it's actually the opposite. Regular stretching and strengthening exercises are gonna help maintain joint flexibility. It's gonna help with stability. It actually reduces the risks of bleeds. And if you do have a bleeding episode, you actually recover from it much faster. Now, one of the most underutilized resources I think is physical therapy. And I always encourage my patients who are interested in becoming more physically active to connect with our physical therapists who really can help create a customized exercise program within your limitations of joint health. They can actually improve range of motion. I have some patients who've had hemophilic arthropathy to the elbows fixed like this and with good bleed management with a good prophylaxis regimen and physical therapy, they have great range of motion. So I definitely recommend contacting your HTC physical therapist and discuss the home exercise program so you can just get you feeling your healthiest. Tip number five and arguably the most important one is to always remember to take your medication. Now, if you have severe hemophilia, it is extremely important to be on prophylaxis where you're routinely giving medications in order to prevent bleeding episodes from happening. If you wanna be active, this is even more important. Now, my patients who are on factor replacement therapy, I always like to know what are your most active days? Because if you're always active Friday, Saturday, Sunday through the weekend, let's time your factor administration to peak during that time period. So for those patients say you're on a twice weekly schedule, maybe making sure that infusion is on Friday so your levels are peaking and covering you for uh, the entire weekend is going to benefit you. Now patients who are on emicizumab, there's no peaks and troughs like with factor replacement so you don't actually have to time your factor or your medication with your activities. Remember, being active is extremely important for our overall physical health and mental well-being, but safety should always come first. By following these tips and tricks and working with your healthcare team, you can enjoy sports and exercise all while managing your bleeding disorder. This next segment is brought to you by Genentech. When you're in need of support along your hemophilia A journey, talk to a Genentech account and community manager, ACM. ACMs offer one-on-one -on -one support about a treatment option that can help you understand insurance coverage options. It's important to note that ACMs are Genentech employees and do not provide medical advice. Talk to your doctor if you have questions about your treatment. Know that when you're connected to an ACM, someone is in your corner. Sign up for one-on-one -on -one support from your local account and community manager at www.talktoanacm.com. 
Next up, we have Tim Ryan. He is an author. He is an author of a middle grade book about siblings, and one of the siblings has sickle cell disease. Wow. Yes. And he is not connected to the community at all. And his story is really fantastic. So let's check it out. Hey, everybody. I am here with author Tim Ryan. He is the author of the new children's book, Karma and the Seven Cups, which features uh, a character with sickle cell disease. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome, Tim. Thank you so much, Amy. It's a thrill to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Um, I guess to begin, tell me a little bit about the evolution of this story. Um, where did the ideas come from? Um, what was the evolution? Absolutely. So I wanted to write stories that really give uh, a focus on kindness and hope. Those are the stories that I like, especially ones that highlight the human spirit when things are going wrong and people still find a way to think about others and show kindness for others. And so that's really where the genesis of this came from. And so I started thinking about a story of um, a boy, a 12-year-old boy, and everything is being thrown at him. His name is Karma, so that's very intentional, um, right? Uh, and so he is trying to gain some control over his life. He's got bad things happening, but he's just, just really... Uh, inspirational character, I think, um, that people will will um, really cling to and identify with, that he's trying to find ways to help other people. And so mm -hmm. one of those people is his older sister. She's adopted, but they have this really close, wonderful sibling relationship, and she has sickle cell disease. And so the story is about um, this young boy trying to help his sister with her sickle cell disease. And he goes on an adventure, and I can tell you more about that, but I'll just stop right there. You know, that's great. Um, do you have any personal connections to sickle cell disease? Why Why was that something that piqued your interest? So when I was in college, I took a class called Disability with a question mark at the end. And uh, it was a great class. It was, a, it was talking about how our society provides accommodations or not to those with physical challenges. And more importantly, about how people with physical challenges uh, feel that they're perceived and want to be perceived. So that's why it had sort of a disability with a question mark because they're not mm -hmm. disabled um, and and most would, would not want to be thought of that way. And so at the end of the, uh, the class, at the end of the semester, everybody had to give a presentation. And one person gave a presentation on sickle cell disease and her sister had it. And she gave this really moving presentation and it was set to music. I think it was Kate Bush's uh, This Woman's Work. <laughs> And it's yeah. just stayed with me over the last couple of decades. And so when I was thinking yeah. about this story, I've, I thought about, I just started doing some research on sickle cell disease. So I don't have anybody in my family who has it, but I did a ton of research on it. I ended up reaching out and talking to a board member of the Sickle Cell Disease Association of America. He actually read a couple early drafts to make sure it was authentic and accurate put a lot of work into it, but I just, I thought it was something that you don't hear a lot about, but mm -hmm. it was such a moving presentation. And, and, um, this, my classmate, when she was giving this presentation, the impact, not just on the individual, but on the family. So mm -hmm. my main character does not have sickle cell disease, but you see, um, the family dealing with it and obviously his sister dealing with it, um, most, but how the whole family, it affects the entire family. And that was something actually that when uh, 
the person that I had review it, she really appreciated that sickle cell disease is, doesn't just affect the person who has it, but obviously mm. affects the family as well. Mm. What was it like, like in terms of uh, process, um, fictionalizing, um, you know, a rare and chronic disease like sickle cell? Yeah, great question. It was, again, a lot of research and thinking about the impact on um, the individual, the family, what they're going through. And then it was a good excuse to have the main character, Karma, uh, goes on a bus trip by himself, cross-country, to find a bone marrow donor for his sister. Mm -hmm. So the story starts out with just a normal family life and his sister going to the doctor and dealing with pain crises. And so you kind of go through and then it gets a little bit progressively worse. She has a seizure and they go to the mm -hmm. hospital and the brother, the 12 year old karma is feeling powerless. He wants to help and he doesn't know how. And so he starts this journey to figure out, it's like, oh, he finds out maybe a bone marrow uh, donation would help. And so he sets out on a journey to find his adopted sister's blood relatives, since he can't donate, he wants to find someone who is related to her. And so that's what gets him on this journey cross country by himself. And along the way, he meets other people with sort of hard luck stories and he tries to help them as well. And then of course, in the end of the story, um, you know, it's, it's also ostensibly about his own struggles as well. So it kind of wraps up at the end with him learning something about himself that he didn't know. One of the things that uh, I was struck about this story is that while, you know, uh, the character specifically has sickle cell disease, it feels like it could translate to many family relationships, many, you know, siblings with uh, dealing with any rare chronic diseases in their family. And so I just wanted you to maybe share a little bit about what were some of like the overall themes um, that you were really going for and, you know, who who do you think would uh, enjoy and kind of get something out of reading this book? I think some of the big themes, obviously, is life fair, and mm -hmm. that is a that is a theme that goes through. We are faced in life with things that are not uh, anything of our doing, um, mm -hmm. and how do we deal with that? And is life fair or not? And do we have control over those external things that happen in our life? Sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't. And so this is really a journey about a, a young person who is old enough to appreciate that there are hardships in life and that life's not fair, but still young enough to believe that he can do something about it, which I think is a really sweet age. And it's one of the reasons why I like to write in this, what would they call middle grade? Um, it's right before young adults. So it would be, you know, usually around 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds. They can appreciate the hardships of life and the seriousness of life, but they still have hope. So again, I really wanted to write a story about kindness and hope and mm -hmm. also for children to or young, young uh, adolescents to see stories about thinking about others that even if you have things that are going wrong in your life. So young karma has a stutter. He has dyslexia. His mom has mm -hmm. passed away. Um, he, he's being bullied, um, by one of his classmates. He, he wants to, he's, wants to be a baseball player, a major league baseball player, and he can't hit a home run, um, in little league and he's frustrated by that. So you see that he's got all these things happening, but then 
his sister is her condition is getting worse and worse. And so he is able to think outside himself and really think about others in spite of the fact that he has all these problems himself. So those are some of the themes of the book and what does it mean um, to be a person in this world and can you make your life better? And I think it does answer some of those things. It doesn't tie it up in a neat little bow at the end, but I think it does address some of those. Uh, well, congratulations on, you know, finishing long story, you know, long form storytelling is it takes so much time. So bravo and congratulations on publication. Um, tell you. listeners a little bit about where they can find um, the book and where they can check you out in your career, Karma and the Seven Cups. Absolutely. So the book will be published uh, in mid-September. So it goes on sale mid-September. You can pre-order the book. Uh, before then, and it's available all the places that you like to buy books. So you can buy it in print at your favorite bookstore, local bookstore. You can buy it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and, and all the other places. So it'll be available everywhere. And people can connect with me on my website, which is simply timothyjamesryan.com. A one word, timothyjamesryan.com. Fantastic. And what are you working on next? So, you have a work in progress? <laughs> I do. I do have a work in progress. And I am working on a book about, uh, it's, it's similar. It's going to be probably middle grade uh, to young adult. And it's about a group of, uh, of 12 um, young people. And each one um, represents a sign of the Zodiac. And it takes place in the future. And it has to do with uh, massive climate change and social economic changes. And so they go out on an adventure as well. So that's that's fantastic. That sounds wonderful as well. Yay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, listeners, you've just been introduced to Tim Ryan. Um, phenomenal stuff. We're going to have all of those links in the program notes. And thank you so much. And on behalf of the sickle cell community, thank you for um, singling out that particular struggle and, and fictionalizing it in a really lovely way. Absolutely, Amy. And if I, I would just like to foot stomp that there, that was something that I really wanted to, to put out there to raise awareness, because I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of people are following sickle cell disease. It is, uh, as you know, very serious illness. We need more research. And we need more focus on that. It kind of flies under the radar a little bit. So I'm hoping that this will raise awareness a little bit. I love it. Yes. On behalf of all sickle cell warriors, thank you so much for that. Thank you, everybody. And uh, thanks, Tim, for being here. Right. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate it. Thank you, Maya. Thank you, Tim. And especially Josh, my Joshua Sterling Bragg. Yeah. Yay. Thank you for your participation. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> your participation on today's show, which, of course, would not be possible without our presenting sponsor, Takeda. As always, thank you. Visit bleedingdisorders.com. Bloodstream is going to be back uh, on September 22nd, uh, which is going to be fantastic. Oh, I'm getting uh, an interruption what, here what? from the producers. What? and Yeah, if I'm hearing this correctly. <laughs> You're going to have an elite athlete segment and a new I'm fine segment on the next episode. How do you know what we're doing? On the I, next it's an interruption from the, the higher ups. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what's incredible is I never get those interruptions when we do this show. I just keep get Keith just mute. like yelling at me like from the booth, but it's just silent yelling. It just is like he's so angry. Anyway, make sure to stick around uh, and subscribe all the things because this is going to be great. Obvi.
Yeah, uh, loyal listeners, as always, mailbag at bloodstreammedia.com is the email to use to inquire about Bloodstream Media and Believe Limited casting opportunities, or you can find me or Amy or PJL on social media. Bloodstream Media is also on social media. Social media, integrate, maybe, maybe not, who can say, but it's here and it's not going anywhere, so we're on it, social media. Try it sometime. I am your host, Amy Board. And I'm probably not coming back after that. I'm Joshua <laughs> Sterling Bragg, your guest. Until next time, everybody, stay spooky just like Joshua Ooh, Sterling Bragg. Happy spooky season. Bye. Bye. know that I, I told that uh, I don't want to stay on parade, but I've bleeping I want to stay on parade. This is the best. <laughs>